Good morning, church. How's everybody doing today? Come on, let's stand to our feet. Let's praise Jesus in this place.
said we couldn't escape But he came and he died and he rose Those walls are rubble now Giants are dead now. All I sing is this is our God, since who he is, he loves us. This is our God, this is what he does, he saves us. Oh, the cross, beat the grave, let heaven and earth proclaim this is our God, King Jesus.
that is inside of us. And God's spirit moves around us and he joins us here where two or more are gathered and there's more than that here. He is here with us. But if he isn't here, then all of this is for nothing. If God doesn't move, then we work in vain. We wanna praise the Holy Spirit of God and ask him to move in our hearts and move in our lives because otherwise everything that we're doing is worth nothing. But if he's here and he does move, then what happens here matters for eternity. It truly matters to build the kingdom of God that can never be shaken and that will never fall and that will always be here. And that's why we sing, that's why we invite his spirit. There is nothing that we can do in our pattern and our power that matters on this world. But when he is involved, it matters for eternity. So we sing to the Holy Spirit, we invite him into our hearts, into our lives, into this room, into our praise, and we're gonna learn about him and from him this morning. So sing this song as we sing and invite the Holy Spirit into this place. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close Nothing can compare You're our living hope Your presence, Lord I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves Where my heart becomes free And my shame is undone Your presence, Lord Holy Spirit, you are welcome here Come
Church, close your eyes for a moment. Pray to the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill your heart, your mind, your soul, this atmosphere, this room. Possess us, God, fully, every part. Give us the mind of Christ. God, we're here for you, Lord. This is all about you. Spirit, come. We worship you, Jesus. And all God's people said, come on, give me an amen. Amen. Julia, good morning. Well, good morning. You may have a seat. Uh, We are so glad that you are joining with us today here at Anastasia Church. My name is Julia. I am the college and young adult minister here. And on behalf of all of our pastors and our ministry staff, um, thank you for joining us. I know if you're a Jags fan, it was a tough a tough evening and tough morning. And so you probably need church more than anyone else this morning. Um, but a few things, if this is your first time here, welcome. You can text the number 904-441-6900 and text the word CONNECT. That will pull up our digital connect card. Let us know that you're visiting with us, where you're from. You can also use that to share any prayer requests that you would love for us to be praying um, with you about. You can also text that same number, 904-441-6900, and text the word news to pull up our digital bulletin throughout the week. So if you're curious what time something happens or you miss something that I say up here, you can access that at any point throughout this week. A few exciting things that we have going on. Men, if you remember, we were supposed to have our men's event champion back in October, but a little hurricane kind of threw that off track. It is back on for February 4th. So if you had already registered to sign up and be a part of that, you do not have to do anything. We are already anticipating you being there. If you have not yet signed up for the men's event, I wanna encourage you to do that. I heard there will be ax throwing, mechanical bull riding. They're giving away a surfboard. So men, you can do all your menly, manly things and have fun on February 4th. Also, um, if you're like me and you've ever wondered who would be a good person to come and paint my house, or who can I call if I need to get my taxes done? And it's hard to find someone that you can trust and who's reliable. We have a church business directory that is for members of Anastasia and um, just our family of people that you can trust for whatever job you may need. And you can access that on our website. And I'm also gonna ask you to turn your attention to the screen. We have a video giving more information about that. Have you ever thought about how important your work is to God? The Bible tells us one of the first things that God did after creating Adam was to give him a job. It also tells us that most of the disciples that Jesus chose were businessmen. For example, Peter was a fisherman, Luke was a doctor, Paul was a tent maker, and Jesus himself was a carpenter. 
Isn't it strange how much we know about the believers of the first century church? Yet we don't know the occupation of the business person sitting across our aisle each weekend. The point is, here at church we are all family. We worship and fellowship together. We shake hands and hug necks. But come Monday, many of us negligently go our separate ways, while the Bible clearly instructs us to do good to those in the household of faith. Now you would be amazed to know that within the walls of our church, we have many business owners, tradespeople, professionals, products and services of every kind. Today, you have the opportunity to make a connection that will change the way you interact with people in our church. We would like to invite all of our church business owners to be a part of our new online church business directory. Members will be able to find the directory at our church website, and no matter how large or small your business is, your involvement will be able to make our church business directory as comprehensive as possible. Every business person that signs up will receive a complimentary listing. You will also have the opportunity to become part of the world's largest online community of Christian business owners where we can help you grow your business, increase your online exposure, and even give you personal assistance to help you grow your business. So enroll today and allow this gift to draw closer to church family while developing friendships and relationships that wouldn't be possible otherwise. Well, interesting. I encourage you, if you own a business, that would be what you should do for sure. Sign up for that. Today is Rise for Life. My name is Judy Trippi. I'm the women's minister here at Anastasia. And Rise for Life is today, increasing awareness, the efforts to protect the sanctity of life. Actually, it's called the sanctity of life. What we believe here at Anastasia is human life is created in the image of God and therefore sacred and to be treated with dignity and respect. We will see to the needs of the elderly and the sick. We will protect others from harm, whether from abortion, human trafficking, or any other abuses. While the sanctity of life can be the foundation, love must be our motivation. Here at Anastasia, we're partnering with a couple of ministries. Life Services is a crisis pregnancy center located here in St. Augustine. They offer free support to counseling and crisis management to not only women, but also men facing unplanned pregnancies. Out in the atrium, there's a table from Life Services. Our director, Karen Sylvia, is there, and Pam Agnor and Corma McCraney will also be there to answer any questions that you might have about that and if you'd like to volunteer. Also, we have another ministry that we started here called Care for Life. And that's also a ministry, and that is dedicated to our families to make awareness, to come alongside of those that are fostering our children here and that are also adopting our children. So I encourage you um, to come, go out into the atrium and talk to some of those ministries. Thank you, Judy. And as we come into this um, next time in our service of just generosity and giving back to God um, what he has so generously given to us, I think it's so important that we as a church um, one of our core values is that every person is important. And that when you um, choose to partner with us and choose to give here, you are supporting our vision that every person is important. There are a few ways that you can give. There are um, generosity boxes in the back of the CLC, in the atrium. You can give online or text this number. But will you please bow your heads and pray with me now? Dear Lord, we um, come to you now and humble ourselves before you. God, we thank you for how big you are and yet how personal you are to each of us. 
And Lord, um, as we give of our tithes, our gifts, our offerings, we know that each and every gift, each and every good thing that we have comes from you. And that we are just giving back a small portion of what you have given us. And God, you don't need it, but it's through our obedience, through our faithfulness, and through our love that we give this back to you. And we ask you to multiply it, to use it to your glory, for your kingdom's sake. Praise all in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Church, this morning we have a very special pastor bringing the word. Um, Our pastor emeritus, Ron Moore, if you will, please welcome him up here. John chapter 14, and I'll begin reading in just a moment from beginning in verse 15, and then reading down to the end of that chapter, okay? I'm reading from the uh, English Standard Version, beginning in verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father And he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them... He it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me 
does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Father who sent me, I'm sorry, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise and let us go from here. Chapters 13 through 17 of John's Gospel all take place on the evening before Jesus was going to be crucified the next morning. He knew that he knew that by nine o'clock the next morning, he would be hanging on a cross. His disciples were blissfully unaware of what was about to happen. So in the upper room in Jerusalem, he has assembled his disciples all together and he is in the process of preparing them for what is about to come. And in that process, he is taking his ministry that God the Father had assigned to him. He is going to take that ministry and he is now giving that ministry to his disciples. He's saying to them, what I have been doing, you're going to be doing. Okay? So, what we're going to talk about today are some of the gifts that our Lord gave us to carry on his ministry. But before we do that, I want you to direct your attention to verse 12 in that chapter 14. Verse 12 begins with two words, truly, truly. And what Jesus is doing uh, when, he, when he says that is he is underlining the importance of what he's about to say. You need to remember this and you need to be aware of it because this governs everything else that I'm going to say, okay? So what did he say? He said, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. I want to point out something in that verse, if I might. 
When Jesus is transferring his ministry, he is not just transferring it to the apostles. He's not just transferring it to all of the disciples. When he is transferring the ministry, he is transferring it to everyone who believes in him. He says, whoever believes in me. Can I tell you a little secret? I am no more a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ than are you. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are just as much a minister of the gospel of our Lord as am I. You see, in the old covenant that God made with Moses and the Hebrews at Mount Sinai, God made a distinction between the common people and the super spiritual people. They were the priests. They were the Levites. They were the prophets. The king belonged to that elite group. There were two strata of people. The common people, where most of us would live our lives, and then these especially consecrated, dedicated people who belonged to God in a special way, and they were a spiritual cut above the crowd. So if you went to Jerusalem to offer your sacrifice, you didn't offer your sacrifice because you couldn't. Only a priest could offer your sacrifice for you. So you took your sacrifice to the priest, the priest gave it to God. The priest stood between God and the people and stood between the people and God. But in the new covenant that we have through the blood of Jesus Christ, all of that has now changed. There are not common people and super spiritual people. We're all the people of God. We're all filled with the Spirit of God. We're all gifted to serve God. My assignment, the assignment God has given me, was to be a pastor of a church. Some of you work in the nursery. My wife has done that all of, all of her ministry. She loves babies and children. Some of you work with young people. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. God has assigned us different responsibilities, but we're all ministers of the gospel. You say, well, I'm not teaching a Sunday school class. I'm not working in a nursery. I, I'm not pastoring church. What do I do? Your ministry is to be a Christian wherever you are. Amen. And may I say to you, that when you go to work on Monday, your job is to be a Christian in that office or school or workplace where you are. That's your ministry. Amen. You, you will meet people, you will relate to people that will, that will never talk to a pastor in their entire lives and don't want to and hope they never have to. But you work with them every day and you are a minister to them. You're, you're to minister, not to preach to them, 
but to love them in Christ's name. You see, to represent in your language, in your attitudes, in your words that you choose, in your behavior on the job, to represent Christ to them. When you drive your car, I'm, I'm getting really hard now. Instead of describing the other people who are driving the cars around you in derogatory language, I, forgive me, Jesus. <laughs> if you love them, if you love them, you see your job is to love people in Jesus' name. People respond to love. They don't respond to criticism. They don't respond to a holier-than-thou attitude but they respond to love. And God is love, okay? So I want you to understand that you, whoever you are, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are just as much a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ as am I or as anyone else is, just as much as Billy Graham was in his day. Our assignments is what differs, okay? Now, in order to carry out that assignment, in this passage we've just read, our Lord is telling his disciples who were there in the room with him, I'm going to give you some gifts. And this is why we're talking about gifted for ministry, okay? What are they? I'm going to name four of them, okay? Verses 13 and 14, the passage right before our text, Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, I need to tell you, that doesn't mean if the lottery hits a billion dollars and you pray to Jesus, give me the winning numbers, Lord, that he's going to do that. You see, when you pray in Jesus' name, what you're doing is you're submitting your will to his will. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask, but Lord, what I really want done is not my will, but his will. I'm praying in the name of Jesus. Okay? Now, what we have from God is a promise that we, when you're going about your life, you're doing your ministry, uh, you, you encounter situations that you don't know how to deal with them, problems you know how to solve, that you can go to God in prayer and God will hear your request and God will respond to your request. My experience is he doesn't necessarily do it on my timeline he doesn't necessarily do it the way I want him to do it, but he always does it the way it's best. Okay? So one of, the, one of the gifts we have been given is the gift of prayer. Just simply to go to God and say, I've encountered some situation or whatever that I can't deal with. I need your help. And God's given us a promise, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. Okay? Now, a second gift 
And that is found in verse 26 of your text. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. You see, every Christian, every believer in Jesus Christ has received the Spirit of God. Under the old covenant that God made with Moses and the Hebrews in Mount Sinai, God dwelt in a building. They called it the temple. It was in Jerusalem. It had a holy place, which was an anteroom out front, and then there was a room behind that room, and it was called the Holy of Holies. And the Ark of the Covenant was in there. And that was the throne of God on earth. Normal people never entered the building. They, you could enter the courtyard of the temple. They had a courtyard for the women, a courtyard for the Gentiles, a courtyard for the men. But only priests, only the holiest of the priests could go inside the building itself and they only in the outer room. And only the high priest could enter the Holy of Holies and even then only once a year could he go in there. And only then after he's going through all kinds of a purification ceremony. But in the new covenant that God made with us through the blood of Jesus Christ, God no longer dwells in buildings made by men's hands. Now he dwells in us. And if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, your body is a temple of the Spirit of God because God lives in you in the presence of his Holy Spirit. That's what we just sang about just a moment ago. Okay? So you and I, are ministers of the gospel. And let me tell you a little secret. Not only have you been gifted for ministry, but Christian ministry always begins in the home. It always begins in the home. The first people who should look at you and realize that you are a Christian is your wife, your husband, your children. Because they're the ones who live the most intimately around you. They're the ones who know you the best. And they should look at you and say, something has changed in you. And then you can say, yes, I've given my heart, I've given my life to Jesus Christ and he has filled me with his spirit. My attitudes are different. My language is different. My behavior is different. I am now learning how to be a new person in Christ. It's a journey of discovery. I'll make many mistakes along the way. But I'm trying to be the person God wants me to be. Okay, Jesus Christ 
is my role model. A third gift he gives us is the gift of peace, verse 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. When I sat down to write this sermon, I thought to myself, wait a minute. Why, why would he give us peace? I mean, if I had been writing this, I would have said power. Wouldn't you like to walk into a hospital room and say, be healed? And they get up and put on their clothes and walk out. It doesn't work that way, does it? God doesn't trust us with power. So why did he give us peace? What, why, what was it about us that we needed peace? And he doesn't just give us any peace. He didn't say, I'm going to give you peace. He says, my peace I'm going to give to you. Did you ever notice when you read the Gospels, that Jesus was never fretful. He was never worried. He never lay awake at night, tossing and turning, worrying about what was going to happen the next day. He was never afraid. He always walked around confident and assured. He says, I'm going to give you my peace. It's taken me almost my entire ministry to figure that out. Peace is not something that you pick up over here and hand it to someone over there. You know where the peace comes from? That you trust Jesus Christ. You go to your doctor, and the doctor says, I'm sorry, but there's nothing else we can do. Do you go home wringing your hands, crying and worrying? Do you lose your job, and you don't know how you're going to make the car payments, the house payments, buy the groceries? Your marriage fall apart? You didn't even see it coming? And now, you can't stop crying, worrying. Listen, we live in a world that Satan controls. And he, he walks around, says scripture, like a roaring lion seeking people to devour. And he'll have you for lunch if you're not careful. That's why he gave us peace. So what is this peace? It is just simply this. I can't control my circumstances all the time. I can't control all the things that happen in my world. And some of them are very scary things. 
But you know what I can control? I trust you. I may be going through the scariest time in my life, but I trust you. It may not mean that things are going to work out the way I want them to. I may be facing death. That divorce might go ahead regardless. That loss of job may happen and you may be struggling to pay your bills. But are you wringing your hands? Are you weeping uncontrollably? Are you laying awake at night tossing and turning? Or do you get on your knees and say, God, I need your help. Please help me. And then get up off your knees and say, I don't trust my circumstances, but I do trust you. And there's the peace. There's the peace. Okay? So he says, I give you my peace. The the fourth gift is in verse 15, where he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. We said earlier that God is love. That's not just a characteristic that God has. It's not one of the things about God. God says the scripture, God is love. Okay? So if God comes into our life, it is, it is imperative that love would radiate out of us. Okay? The apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church, and they were so proud they had the spirit and they could speak in tongues and this kind of stuff. He said to them, let me show you a more excellent way. And then chapter, chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians begins with these words. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain Nothing. The only thing that God looks for in us is love. When you serve, whatever you're doing, do you do it because you love God? When you come to church, do you come because you love God? When you give your offering, are you doing it because you love God? See, everything in the Christian faith comes out of love. So God has given us his ministry. And he said, the ministry that I did when I was on this earth is now your ministry. And then he says, guys, go out and do the work. So I say to you today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, 
go out as a minister of Christ and love your world. Love it with the love of Jesus Christ. Would you bow with us as we pray? Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to be here, to be surrounded by our church family, to be in your presence together and to worship before your throne. And Heavenly Father, I just pray for us now that you would give us a fresh filling of your spirit and send us out renewed in the faith, strengthened in our beliefs and our convictions and armed to go out and serve Christ our Savior. In his name we pray, amen.
Church, before we leave this morning, we have a team that's going to Costa Rica that's going to be ministering to some women and children. I want to have Judy Trippy, our women's uh, minister, come, and I want to have the mission team that's going uh, to come and pray over them. And if you all will just come here to the stage here, this part. And Judy, if you will lift up a word of prayer for this team. And uh, church, if you could just stretch out your hands towards them, we want to lift them up in prayer. These ladies will be leaving to go to Costa Rica on Wednesday. They will be going to the nest. And what we're asking you to do is just pray over them. This will be our first trip there. They're gonna be seeing a Bribri tribe. And so I'm gonna pray over them. Ladies, pray with us, church. Father, I just bless each one of these ladies. Just love them. We pray for them. We pray for their safety. We put a hedge of protection over them the Holy Spirit just to rain down on those women that they will be ministering to and sharing the gospel and for the children that they're going to be sharing Jesus with. Lord, I just pray for them. I pray for safe travel. Lord, just cover them. Pray for them all week, Lord. They'll be back on next Wednesday. Lord, we just need your prayers. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen, amen.